Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Ollie Richards, and what I do on this podcast is answer your language learning questions, whatever they may be. I've done 370-something of them so far, but occasionally uh, I bring guests onto the show as well. And today is very, very interesting because Ollie gets a live Russian lesson on the podcast, unexpected, unprepared. You're going to hear me learning a few sentences of Russian. That comes up towards the end. And my teacher, again, my unplanned teacher, is my friend Elisa Polese, who is a professional language teacher, language coach, and author, well-known for teaching multiple languages at once in the same classroom. She's fantastic, and you're really going to enjoy this episode. So Elisa has studied 25 languages and teaches 13 of them, including Italian, German, English, Spanish, Russian, French, Dutch, Catalan, Portuguese, Greek, Hindi, Arabic, and Esperanto. Just about managed to get through that list. In this conversation, we discuss how she has managed to learn so many languages, her secret source um, for learning languages, why she encourages people to speak from day one, and of course, this improvised Russian lesson. We also get into three specific tips, which I think are absolute gold for adult language learners. There is lots here, so without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Elisa Polese. So Elisa, welcome to the podcast. Hi, very nice to see you. And uh, yeah, I cannot see the audience, but hi, everyone. Yeah, so we've been friends for years. Uh, We've worked together before. I've seen you. We've hung out at various conferences around the world. Um, But I've never had you on the podcast before. So it's really great to have this uh, this chance to to talk. So how was my introduction? Is there anything I missed? How accurate was it? There was so much to fit in, you know. You were great. (laughs) Yeah. Well, cool. Anything else that you would like to add? I mean, how did you get into language learning? Oh, I started uh, being interested in in uh, French when I was eight. I couldn't speak it at all, but I went to Paris with my mom and I found it so cool to be able to ask for the key in the hotel in another language. And uh, this is all I could say at the time. And I decided that I wanted to learn languages. Um, and I did, but until I was like 20, I only could speak French because I didn't know how to learn languages. So I tried it on my own. And uh, um, yeah, until I understood that I wasn't very good at French in school either. But then finally something clicked and I started to learn more and more languages. There's always that click, isn't there, for us? It's interesting that you that you only spoke Italian because you're from Italy and um, you were, you grew up speaking Italian and then you got interested in French. I actually expected you to say that that I grew up uh, speaking lots of different languages. Um, so what was it that clicked for you? So we're talking after you learned French here and you suddenly got the language bug. Do you remember what, what it was that, that clicked for you? Uh, so in terms of what uh, uh, works and what not. Um, so yes and no. Of course, I was 14 at the time when I really started to learn some French in a better way just because uh, uh, it was a shock. I went to the secondary school and I thought I was pretty good at, at French. And I went there and the teacher was only speaking in French. And uh, of course, uh, uh, in the first term, my 
my grades were not uh, good at all. So I decided to learn for real. So I, I tried many things. What clicked was that um, in a way I for sure I tried to I tried to um, I, I had a combination of uh, style, langu language learning styles, in the sense that on one hand, I had to concentrate on things I had to learn for school. On the other hand, I uh, I was passionate about the language, so I was trying to exploring, I, um, uh, trying to read something in French. Uh, I would buy uh, the uh, yeah, I would uh, I would buy something in French, and at the time. Um, nothing very good was available. So I would read whatever I would find, uh, whatever I could buy. So I, it's better I don't tell you what I started uh, to, to learn French with, I don't know. Uh, psych psychology, magazines, um, love stories. I mean, it was everything I had uh, <laughs> available at the time. But I, I think that a mixture of um, listening to lots of French because uh, at school it was only in French, I mean, only French class, the French class. And um, the fact that I would try to listen to lots of songs or read as much as possible, read comics in that language, it, I had lots mm. of exposure. Uh, but it's, um, I think you can learn languages in different ways, because uh, uh, this is the way I, I try the different ways to learn uh, uh, French and I finally understood what works for me and in general also since I've been teaching for 20 years now also for everyone else because after a while you notice that the, the issues are uh, the same for everyone, they everyone are, yeah. wants to learn how to uh, speak a language, uh, how to have a good pronunciation, how to feel more secure when they speak and uh, so many, many common points. Do you think, so um, do you think that the way, do you think that what works for a 14 year old mm -hmm. works for a 40 year old? Um, yes and no. So I, I think everyone is different and we always have to look for the, the method which works for us. So I don't think in, I don't think anyone can tell you, you should do that because okay, maybe it works, but it depends also on the, on the type of learner you are. For example, uh, if, um, if you're a kinesthetic learner like I am, I like, I learn by doing. So only reading, hmm. reading helps me very much to revise vocabulary or to learn new vocabulary, but I also need to act. So for example, if I want to speak, I need to speak. So there is no way around it. Yeah. And uh, um, so you can do, I think there are many things which work for anyone and it's not about the age because honestly, I think adults can even learn languages better than uh, children. Uh, what children can do better uh, are basically two things. So when they're very young, of course, they can pronounce things better because uh, until they are, before they are six years old, they are more able to imitate sounds better. But, um, but at the same time, when I learned French, many people took me for French. So I think I have a better accent in French than in English. And uh, for, uh, many people took me for French, even though I learned it after that age. So I don't think it's, uh, it, it's only, it's not a matter of age. Uh, and adults have a very big advantage. They know their own language much better than children. So I think honestly that the biggest challenge for adults is to be able to uh, 
uh, to become children again, but in the right. sense of being able to uh, to um, mm, come with terms with the fact that you cannot be perfect at what mm. you do since the beginning. Yeah, because the reason the reason I asked that is because I've um, recently I've been looking a lot, looking very closely at people that have been very successful with languages, and I've been making these YouTube videos where I kind of talk to people about how they got very typically very very good at one language and. They, break down their, their method and what, what's been very interesting is that often these well these people that I've looked at they learned their main language when they were teenagers usually and what the thing they have in common is that they will often find something that really obsesses them and what we know about teenagers is that teenagers get obsessed very easily and so you mentioned um, you know in your case you mentioned music you mentioned comics um, that's quite common, for example, in um, so people who get into Japanese will often read lots of manga. Uh, you, you'll know that people who learn English as a teenager often just watch years and years of friends on TV or something, you know. And so there's, some, there's something about the kind of passion and I, I like to call it an irrational passion and an obsession on a certain topic that you can get as a teenager which means it leads you automatically to spend hours and hours and hours a day with the language without having to worry. And, but as we grow up, generally, we get obsessed with things less because we're more, you know, we know more about the world, but also we have a lot less time. We have other things to worry about, you know, families and jobs and stuff like that. So it's, it, it often seems to me that it, as an adult, if you can find a way to become obsessed about something, whatever, whatever it is you're interested in, and then just, devote all the time you possibly can to reading or listening to stuff about that topic in the language that is all that's really the thing that opens the floodgates and unlocks everything else so uh, it definitely works if you have a passion of course working on that passion and uh, if you do it in a foreign language definitely it works i believe that it works also because uh, normally, so it really depends on what why you want to learn a language. But for example, if your your aim is to be able to talk to people in that language, I think that it's very motivating when you concentrate, as you said, on a certain topic. Uh, on one end, of course, because you get lots of exposure to that language. But on the other hand, it's also because uh, then you are able to talk about something you are passionate about. So, mm. for example, uh, if you're if you love yoga, if you love if you love cooking, if you love love um, uh, sport, and you want to be able to talk about that, and you read a lot or you listen a lot in that language, or or you try to talk about those topics in that language, once you're able to do what your end um, your language and uh, goal is, of course, you feel more motivated, and uh, this is why you're going to learn even more because uh, adults are driven by results, much more than children. So this is why uh, if we see that we are good at something, we are going to do more and more of that. And this is why if you choose topics, activities, which make you happy, of course, you will get better at languages too, because you are going to want to do more of that. You, um, you began by learning French, and then you went on to study another 22 languages after that. Did you did you learn? Was that experience of learning French the important 
experience for you? Or did you really discover how to learn languages later as you studied more languages? When I was 14, I wasn't uh, looking for the perfect met method to learn languages. So it was more about experimenting and reaching my goal because my goal was getting uh, better marks at, uh, uh, in school and be able to speak and communicate in French. Um, so I, um, I tried different methods. And then when I started learning other languages and I, and I thought, Okay, but it worked. Uh, what I did in that case worked. Let's see if it works for German tree, for example. And uh, I saw that it worked. And uh, I started teaching languages when I was uh, 20. I, I started teaching um, Italian and French. So this is why I started very early in comparison to, um, I mean, uh, although I didn't know, I didn't know any English at the time. So for me, well, I didn't have uh, English at school. So for me, for example, it was very, uh, I tried the methods I used before and I tried other methods, but without thinking I need to find a method. And little by little, uh, language by language, I understood that there are certain uh, things which work all the time anyway. So and this is what uh, then I applied afterwards when I, because normally what I try to do uh, when I want to learn a language uh, very well, I, I like, uh, um, Put, deciding that I want to take an exam, even though I don't need a certificate. Exam. Okay, interesting. Why I knew that I wanted to reach a certain level at a, a certain point, and this is why I tried to apply uh, the things I used before and improve them in order to to be able to uh, take a test, uh, mm. C1 or C2 test. So, what? How would you describe your language learning method now? Then, if you have to summarize it, how do you go about learning a new language? Do you have a one hour or so? <laughs> I'm looking for the, uh, I, want, I want three bullet points. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But in, in, in summary, what's, your, uh, what's your, 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 how do you approach the task of learning a new language? Um, okay, I'll try. I'm not the best at summarizing things, but I will try. So uh, the first reason why I think that, in, in for example, when we think of why people are successful or not at learning languages, I think there are for sure three main points. The first one is that um, people uh, give up uh, too soon. So uh, as I said, the people are used to, uh, to, um, to being good at what they do, and they rarely accept the discomfort of uh, not being able to express themselves in a language. And uh, this is, but the thing is that adults are uh, good at those things, not because they, um, not necessarily because they have a talent for that, maybe they have, but the, the, the main reason is because they've been doing those things like the jobs or a sport or playing a musical instrument, they have been doing it for a while. So this is actually a key point. So never give up ever. This is what the first so me, one for sure. I, sorry to interrupt you, but, Okay, I take the point and I completely agree with you. But then if that's the case, if you never give up, then how do you manage to study 24 languages? <laughs> never give up doesn't mean... Um, so first of all, I think you know that once you reach a very uh, good level in language, you don't need to study it as frequently as before. So if you, uh, for example, for French, I can't remember the last time I actively studied French, but I can, uh, je peux changer de langue sans, que, sans problème, because it's really the way uh, you have learned it for a long time, 
so it's uh, you don't need to study it that much what you can do for example is uh, to um, to use the languages you know very well for activities as you said before like for manga and for other languages you can use those languages to do what you would normally do uh, in mm. your own language for even example. the time even the time involved in learning those 24 languages i mean i get i mean i imagine that especially if they are romance languages in the same family as french and italian then obviously mm -hmm. it, it, it takes less less time but i mean how, how much do you do you tend to um devote i mean if you if you learn a new language do you say okay i'm going to devote six months to this or a year to this or do you just see what happens i normally see what happens it's mm. normally i have in so when i start learning a language i really want to be able to speak it so this is my main aim and whatever it takes Normally, it doesn't take me too long because I learned what to put in my study uh, learning in order to reach that goal uh, as soon as possible. It doesn't mean to be perfect. I mean, perfection doesn't, doesn't exist unless you live in a country for 40 years and it's the only language you're going to speak and uh, you concentrate uh, all your time on that. It's very difficult to never make a mistake in a foreign language. But um, um, about time, so I also have other interests. So I'm maybe, uh, so it's clear that I'm passionate about languages, but the reason why I'm passionate about languages is because I'm passionate about people, about mentalities and about different ways uh, um, uh, you can look at life, uh, different mentalities, different cultures. So what I try to do is I use the languages to, uh, to uh, go deeper into those topics. So it's not that, for example, and I also love sport and I love lots of sports. So it's not the only thing I do, it's uh, only languages. Mm. I, I do sport every day and uh, I play the piano and I do other things. So I, but I think that the key, and this is uh, point number two, is the uh, consistency. Because I think that most people uh, who are still struggling to learn a certain language, they can think of when they started learning or when they started to decide they wanted to learn that language. And if they would, if they thought, um, for example, so how much time has passed? How much would they know now if they studied for uh, five to 30 minutes every day from that day until yeah. now. It's crazy, so, isn't so it? Much. This is actually the, the, the mm. this is why I said never give up. Because uh, if you study even just for five minutes, but there are many people who, who have been wanting to learn a language maybe for 10 years, they studied a bit, then they gave up, then they studied a bit and they gave up. And if you study consistently, even for five minutes or mm. for 20, if you, uh, if you manage, so you don't need lots of time to learn languages, but you need to be consistent. You need lots of time only if you have a time frame. You think, okay, I have an exam in two months. In that case, you have to dedicate all your right. time. So, because uh, this is um, the, the two things you've mentioned. So, point number one was never give up, and point number two was consistency. And this, mm -hmm. this sounds like exactly what I would what I would say to people. So, I completely agree. But sometimes, what, what I find is when I when I suggest these things to people, they say, "Okay, yeah, but that's fine." But it's very kind of touchy feely advice. You know, actually, can you just tell me what to do so I can learn faster? Yeah. Uh, but then, but often that's kind of within a very short time frame, right? Because people will say that, and they'll be very committed working really hard for say two or three months or even six months but I guess what you're saying is that all right fine but yeah you could work really hard for three months but then do you burn out afterwards do you stop 
And then could you get the same results if you just do, you know, take a longer time horizon, um, mm -hmm. two or three years or something, but just do that little thing consistently? Yeah, this is for sure. So I think anything is possible and everyone has to look into themselves to understand what they want. Um, so again, if a, a, if the, a, the aim is an exam or a certificate or you want to immigrate, of course, you don't want to, to wait for, uh, for two years before you are able to communicate in that language. But it is also the reason why my website is called uh, Speak from Day One with Elise. I believe you mm. can start learning and speaking a language from day one. Of course, you cannot talk about philosophy, but you can still start to communicate because, you know, if you think of the reason why people want to learn languages in most cases it's because they want to be able either to uh, talk to a partner or to friends yeah. or they want to be able to integrate or they want to be able to get a better job so all uh, these activities uh, all the things involve speaking and i understand that uh, um, in order to to speak you can you can combine other activities. You cannot be speaking 100% of your time. So of course there is uh, reading, listening, uh, watching videos and doing many other things. But those things uh, they also depend of, on, on your personal preferences and also on your um, learning style because yeah. there are certain things which are better suited for um, introverts people, other things which are better suited for extrovert people. But mm -hmm. what is uh, for sure is that uh, um, if you decide for how long, uh, so how long it must take you to learn that language, you can also decide the kind of activities uh, you should uh, carry out. And this comes uh, to point number three. The, the, the number three reason why uh, people give, give up uh, learning a language is because sometimes they choose activities uh, that don't serve their goals. So if your aim is, uh, sorry that I come back to that, but because I know that many people, uh, so the, the main aim is uh, speaking. Uh, of course, you want to be able to, to do everything in the end, but uh, uh, being able to write and read and understand without able to communicate is not interesting for most people. But so what I meant is that uh, the most important part is to focus on activities that bring you uh, closer to your language goal. Because uh, if you dedicate at least 50% of, of your time, and your time can be five minutes, 30 minutes, two hours, up to you. But if you dedicate half of, of, your, um, of this time to your main priority, you will see results much quicker. Because if my aim is to be able to speak and I never try to speak, of course, uh, after a while, I will lose my motivation. But, uh, you know, this is why I normally, um, uh, when I uh, go around the world, when I used to go around the world, when, when to, uh, yeah. no COVID and, so, <laughs> and give presentations, so, so very often I chose languages that uh, most people wouldn't, so, uh, wouldn't know at all because I want people to see that you can start speaking any language even a language which is completely different from the ones uh, or the one or the ones that you know that you can start speaking from the from the very beginning it's a matter of method and uh, um, uh, so to go back to your question the thing is that since others are driven by results if you focus on the right activities you will, um, you will stay motivated. And this has a, a very positive impact on the language learning. Mm. First of all, you will be able to reach your goal much faster because um, 
you are focusing exactly on that. And then you will stay motivated. So you will do it for a longer period of time without putting five hours of your time, but less time in a way that you can enjoy it more. And if you choose the right activities, which means mm. not only focusing on the right things uh, towards your goal, but also on the right activities for you. So topics which interest you uh, um, or yeah, uh, then you're twice motiv motivated twice. Double, 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 yeah, double yeah. motivated. <laughs> motivated because you can see that you can reach your goal much faster and uh, you can talk about topics you love. Yeah. That's wonderful. So just to summarize these then, so we've got point and, uh, and we didn't need an hour as well. So well done. That's, that's fantastic. So point number one was uh, never give up. Point number two was consistency. And then point number three is focusing on activities um, that suit your, your needs and, and, and your goals. And I think that, you know, that last one in particular is something that I often also tell people, but I struggle to follow myself. It's something that I find myself forgetting a lot of the time, because I have like, obviously I, I talk about, about learning with stories and uh, I place a big emphasis on reading. And, and that's kind of become my, my, my brand as it was become what I'm known for. But I, me, myself personally, I, as a, as a human, I have my own unique preferences as well. And I sometimes forget those, you know, so I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in reading, but I, I, I also like you, I need to speak because just personally, I find that if I'm exactly what you said, right? If I'm not communicating with the people I want to communicate with, I lose my why. And so just listening to you talk has kind of made me think a little bit about how to refocus on my on my Cantonese, because I've been thinking about Cantonese right now. My specific problem with Cantonese is that I've never learned Chinese characters properly, which means I can't read in the language. And that for me is a big problem because I can't access material to study with. But if I think about my real goals with Cantonese, it's not to sit and read Chinese literature for, for years. It's because I've got friends in Hong Kong who I want to talk with. So it's made me think like, hey, you know, how can I actually create some, some study material or activities for myself that involve connecting with those people that I, that I care about and that I want to speak with? And it's just funny because I've been teaching this stuff for years, but sometimes I just forget it and forget to apply it to myself. So thank you for that, for that reminder. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about Speak From Day One, um, because as you know, there's a big debate around balancing input and output. And I don't believe there's one right way to do it. Obviously, I, I teach input, um, but you can have just as much success with, with output. I think it's more about picking which suits you and finding the method that suits your, your learning preferences. But... Can you summarize for us the advantages of speaking from day one if you don't know anything in the language yet? So if I were going to caricature it, if I were going to challenge you, I would say speak from day one, but you don't know anything yet. So what's the point of speaking when you don't know any words? And what's your, what's your, yeah. your view of this? So the first one, again, is that it helps you stay motivated. Because if you, if you see that you can speak a language, uh, I will tell you something more about uh, that in one sec. Um, if, you, if you see that you can speak a language, you stay motivated, especially because for most people, the main reason why they learn a language is speaking. So if you already see that you're able to do it, then you're motivated. 
The second reason, and this is, I think, one of the, the most important reasons, is that many people feel, feel very insecure when it comes to speaking. They wish they could do it, but they are afraid. So if you start with a, what scares you, it's almost a sailing from there on out. So this is what the, the reason why I think that. So if you start, start with the hardest thing first, swallow the frog, yeah. as they say. Yeah, exactly. But not in a, a scary way. This is why uh, it's very important to, to do it in a safe environment, in a way that uh, you don't feel threatened, in a way you can have fun. So, um, so this is why I wanted to ask you, do you speak any Russian or any Greek? No. Yeah. Would you like to learn, uh, would you like to, to dedicate two minutes to learn Russian or uh, from day Let's one? Do Let's do it. Yeah? Okay. So you will uh, try to repeat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, gavariu. One more time. Yeah, gavariu. Yeah, gavariu. Mm -hmm. Again, yeah, gavariu. Yeah, gavariu. Yeah, gavariu paruski. Yeah, gavariu paruski. Now we'll ask you a question. I will ask you whether you speak Russian. You will say, yeah, gavariu paruski. Okay? Ty gavariš paruski? Yeah, gavariu paruski. Okay. Um, now you can say "ya gavaru pa angliski." Ya gavaru pa angliski. Mhm. Te gavarish pa angliski. Ya gavaru pa angliski. Mhm. Te gavarish pa ruski. Ya gavaru pa ruski. Mhm. Atlichna. Okay. Um, uh, now you can say, for example, um, let's say. Um, Okay, this is, I don't want to do this, the, the standard thing, like my name is, so we will do something else. Okay, slightly more difficult, but very useful. Mnie. Mnie. Mnie nravica. Mnie nravica. Nravica. Mnie nravica. Yeah, very good. Mnie nravica. Mnie nravica. Nravica. Very good. So this means I like. So you will use it a lot. You will talk about yourself, your preferences. Mnie nravica. Again. Mnie nravica. Very good. Very good. Okay. So, for example, you could, could say in your case, citat. Citat. Citat means reading. So you want to say that. Mnie nravica. Citat. Try. Citat. Citat. Yeah, citat. So, of course, the last one is a sound that we will learn with the time. And uh, when we speak from day one, it doesn't mean that everything has to be perfect because nothing is perfect in life. Okay. So, and all verbs, and this is why I would like you to hear that all, uh, so most verbs in Russian end uh, with that sound. Citat, tansivat, uchit. So, this is actually what tells you that it's an infinitive. So it's not uh, not uh, there are also other words which end with that sound and are not you know, verbs, but most verbs end in this way. So you it's a sound that's worth learning. You, we can learn it with the time. So mnie nravica citat. Mnie nravica citat. Yeah, very good. Do you like dancing? I actually dance salsa. I'm pretty good at salsa. Wow. I, wa I, I, I was, but this was a long time ago. I don't know if I can still do it. So it's. Tansivat, tansivat. One more time, please. Tanz, like dance, just like in German, tanzen, 
Tanz, tanzivati. Is that a ch a sound at the end? Tan si. Try, try. Tan si. Tan si. Yeah. Va. Va. Ch. Tanzivati. Yeah. Tanzivati. 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 Yeah. Okay. Mnie nravica tanzivati. Mnie nravica tanzivati. Mm-hmm. Tanzivati. Very good. Okay. <laughs> we've got Very we've good. got we've got a thousand people around the world laughing at me right now. No, uh, but, well, but that's but that's so much fun, and it's so. Thank you so much for that. It's, it's so nice to have a little experience of uh, of just what it's like to make make sounds in, in another language, and just to be able to say those couple of phrases. I mean, it, there's something inside me. It makes me want to learn more. It makes me want to go on and, and learn Russian. It's incredibly motivating. And it would be very different if I was about to, if I was going to start like just learning through a book or something and study for two or three months before I even open my mouth. So I, 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 I see why is it why it's extremely motivating. Mm-hmm. Um, is this how you teach? Then do you do you, do you t- tell us about your teaching and how and how you work? I mean, do you do you deliver live lessons like this? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So um, I org- I organize. Uh, workshops where you can start speaking different languages uh, uh, in this way or uh, single language uh, lessons and uh, they are all um, so the main focus is speaking of course if the person says I really would like to be able to do that that and that so it's not that with me you only learn how to speak and never how to write or read or or the rest you need everything to be so the, the, the higher level you want to achieve the more you have to be able to do everything so, but the, 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 there is more focus on speaking because there are many things that people can do on their own, but speaking is not one of them. Unless you really like to, to talk to yourself in the mirror, uh, uh, the, uh, it's possible, but you are not going to do it for hours on end. So this is why it's very important to, to have something which uh, puts you um, um, beyond your comfort zone to see that you actually can, because uh, it's uh, most adults think, oh, but it's so difficult. I'm not so good, but anyone can. So this is what I Yeah. And, and if, if Oli can learn to speak a few sentences of Russian live on a podcast, then uh, anyone can do it for sure. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. It's been so, so fascinating to talk. We could go on for, for, for days, I'm sure, but I'm sure people will want to know more about you. So where should they go if they want to investigate, uh, speak from day one with Elisa? Yeah, exactly. So this is uh, the, the name of my website, um, www.speakfromday1withelisa.com. You can also find me on uh, YouTube. I have different channels for different languages or language combinations. Uh, for Italian, for German, or uh, um, and you can find uh, if you type my name, Elisa Polese, uh, you can uh, you already find lots of material or um, conferences I've been giving talks to, and also some uh, conferences, uh, uh, so some talks where I taught multiple languages uh, at the same time. So that's speak from day one with Elisa.com. Yes. Fantastic. We'll put uh, links to that in the show notes as well. So you can probably, for everyone listening, you can just scroll down and um, at the very least see how to spell Elisa Polese, if not uh, actually click directly on the link. So thanks so much. And uh, I really can't wait to see you again at the next conference. We don't know when that's going to be. Do you think it's going to be this year? Uh, only online, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Because if, you, if you're organizing conferences now, you need to have confidence 
a year in advance, really, don't you? You can't be doing things last, even if it turns out that things do open up, you can't be, it's not enough time to organize a conference. So. Thank you so much, Ali. And thank, uh, I would like to thank uh, everyone who is listening to us now. Thank you so much. What is the most difficult stage in learning a new language? Well, many people will tell you that it is speaking. It's when you first start to speak and you have those kind of terrifying conversations in front of a native speaker for the first time. And it's terrifying because you realize that actually all that stuff you thought you knew, well, it turns out you didn't know it quite as well as you thought. You begin to freeze up, you trip over, the, over your words, your memory just stops working. And speaking is just an all round distressing experience. We've all been there. I've been there in many, many languages. And and to help with this, I've written a series of books called 101 Conversations. And these conversations are designed to tell a story. So right from the first one to the very last one, it tells a really interesting story that's completely set in the target language. And these, because these are conversations, there is no narrative. There's no fluffy descriptions. It is just blow by blow, real conversations in the target language that are gonna help you learn and memorize the most important words and phrases in the language so that you can speak with more confidence. Now, these books I've written in French, German, Italian, Spanish, English, and they're all available on Amazon. So if you head over to amazon.com and you search for Ollie Richards 101, then they should pop right up. That is on amazon.com, search for Ollie Richards 101, and you can find there the Kindle version, the paperback version, the audio version, so that you can train your ear at the same time. There is this, these will keep you busy for weeks, if not months, and they're also super affordable. So I hope you go and check them out and I hope you enjoy the books. Once again, on amazon.com, simply search Ollie Richards 101.